Well, it is good to be here. It's great to be with you guys. It's good to see some new faces. Um, so I want to encourage us all afterward, after we're done, to just meet somebody that maybe you haven't talked to yet or um, somebody new. And uh, let's just really be about community. Um, if it is your first time, Vince, you're the only one that's your first time. Just If it's your first time for Clear Path Church, and I'm not the pastor here. I am just filling in in the preaching role. I would say today probably Bree's more of the pastor of the group. Um, Bree's our youth pastor. And uh, every other pastor is gone. So, yeah. I can. That's right. Thank you, Laura. So, um, I thought I'd start with just a little update. So, uh, as my brother said, Randy and I and our kids, we're preparing for a move to England. And um, we've been working toward this for about three years. And uh, it's just been really cool to just see everything start coming together here in the past I guess probably in the past six months, it really started coming together. Um, but I, I just want to say thank you to to all of you. You've all, you know, played a part in that and, and partnering with us and encouraging us along the way. In 2020, I got really, really discouraged. And um, being a part of this community really just kept me from cashing it all in, you know. And so I want to say thank you for that. Um, we, we just, we just booked our itinerary, um, and so November 8th is our departure date, so November 8th, so we, we do still have some time left with you, um, but each time that I am with you, that we are with you, uh, it definitely kind of hits me in the feels a little bit, because I know, like, our time is drawing, drawing down, um, so, you know, it's, it's been bittersweet. We're, we're excited about moving toward what God has been um, putting in our hearts, but we're also, the, the bitter side of that is just knowing that this season of us being together, not all of you, you, you will all still be together, but us being together, including myself and my wife and my kids, is drawing to an end, and, and that's, um, that's hard. But I will say, with that in mind, Randy and I have really been trying to be mindful of ways to like stay in community with you guys. Um, and so whether it's video updates or, um, you know, just checking in, we're, we're going to be being mindful to do that. But I wanted to ask you for a favor. You know how sometimes you just think of something random and then you'll be like, oh, I got I to gotta call that person and tell them. I got to call that person. So this happened to me the other day. I was driving in my car, and Lenny Kravitz's song came on. Um, I want to get away. I want to fly away. I want to get away. You know, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Well, my senior year in high school, I was in American Sign Language class as my foreign language. And... I signed that song. Um, 
kind of kind of like a Julian Dynamite, yeah, like just I want to get away, I want to fly away with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The funny thing is, one of my best friends at the time, still one of my great friends today, is uh, his name's also Ryan, and he was in that class just because I was in that class, and he did not prepare a song. So for a couple days, we worked on that song together, and then we did the same song, and it just so happened that we went back to back because our names were, because of the way we sat. Anyways, um, so... The other day, I was listening to the radio, and it came on. And I was like, you know what? I got to call. I got to call Ryan. So I called him, and, and I just said, dude, listen to the song that's playing, you know. And So the thing I want to ask you is if there's something that comes across your radar, a song that plays, a thing that happens, and it makes you think of me or Randy or my kids, send us a message, send us a video, give us a call. We would love that. And that is going to help maintain this this bond that we have together. Um, speaking of the radio, I wanted to do a little poll. And so for this poll, I need you all to stand up, except maybe Matt. Sit down. Matt just had surgery on his hip. Hip. That's a safe way to put it. Um, okay, so I want you to close your eyes. All right, nobody's gonna nobody touch each other. I want you to close your eyes. If your main way of listening to music is on the radio, I want you to continue facing inward to the circle. If it's through a streaming app or something like that, YouTube or Pandora, even like whatever, then I want you to turn and face the out outside of the circle. So, if your main way of listening to music is radio, if it's an app, turn out. And maybe sideways if you feel like it's 50-50. Okay, everybody open your eyes. And look around you. Most of us today listen to our music through apps. That's all. Okay, you can turn around and you can, you can sit down. That is very interesting. If you just sing, yeah. That's awesome. Um... The reason I wanted to ask is because today I'm going to be talking a little bit about music. And um, when I, you know, we were, Randy and I were, were in Thailand for six years. And when I moved back, um, this station that used to play oldies music, like 50s and 60s music, now plays 80s music. And I was like, that's weird. So 98.7, K-Love, I think, it used to play saw music from the 50s and 60s, now plays a lot of 80s music. And then all of a sudden I realized like, oh man, when it played oldies, my parents were like my age. And now it's playing 80s music. And I was like, oh man, that's kind of weird. <laughs> um, but I will tell you this, 92.5 is still playing the 70s stuff. So, but they also, anyways. So I, uh, yeah. So I found that station, and I started listening to it. And I was like, you know what? I kind of like this. So I've been listening to the radio every now and then, and I, I flip on to see what is coming through from the 80s. And 
The thing about 80s music is, for the most part, we'd probably all agree, um, it's a little bit cheesy, right? Like the lyrics are a little bit cheesy and unbelievable. Um, like in, the, in these songs, a lot of times promises are made that as you're listening, you're like, that's going to be impossible to keep that promise. Never going to let you down. Like, really? Who are you? Um, you know, there's just a lot of songs from the 80s that are just a little bit cheesy. It's almost like the 70s were a little too realistic. And so the people making music in the 80s were like, we need to be a little more hopeful, a little more idealistic. And they went for it. And boy, in the 90s, it swung back, didn't it? 90s music was just, I love 90s music, but it is not very hopeful sometimes. Um, so what I've done today is I've compiled some of the most iconic 80s songs to use to share the gospel in a new way with you. Because what I think is if you listen to those songs, and I'm not, I'm not saying every 80s song can be placed in this category, or that, if, that even every lyric in every song that I'm going to mention can be, is positive or, <laughs> or uplifting or reflects God's heart. But just like we sang about creation crying out, there are patterns in this world, and there are patterns in the universe. Like if you look at art, there are patterns. doesn't mean that every single piece of art is reflecting God's heart, but you see patterns when you start to look for this. You see patterns of the message of the gospel breaking through. It's like, it's like you can't help. I, I remember hearing this, and I don't exactly know if it's true, but Lucas, um, George Lucas, when he was writing the Star Wars books, was a very staunch atheist and probably still is. But what he did was he tried to keep the story of the gospel out of his stories. But if you watch Star Wars, it's like very clearly shining through these characters that are, are kind of like um, representing Christ or, you know, like even the Force. Like you can, you can, you can see how the Force can represent like God's presence in and around us and tapping into God's presence. Um, so you see, you see patterns. Doesn't mean that everything fits into that pattern, um, but you see patterns. And so I'm going to share some songs with you today that I think fit into the pattern. Okay, but first, before I do, we're going to look at some scripture because I feel like if I didn't read scripture and I only read 80s song lyrics, some of you might be a little bothered by that. He didn't even open a Bible. <laughs> um, okay, and I have, I have another quick story to tell you. Um, this is a sidetrack, but it's setting up where, what I'm going to read from. So when I was... Um, in college, I was living with my grandmother, and um, she's old school. She was old school. She passed away, um, but loved the Lord, loved her kids, loved her grandkids, and um, one of my favorite people that I've ever known. I lived with her, and um, you know, you, 
how, I, I got a question. How many of you have lived with a grandparent at one time in your life? Okay, a few, a few. All right, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a neat thing to live with a grandparent. I mean, you, you like, you really get to know them, you know? And so, and I think it's a little bit easier to like just obey them, you know? <laughs> You're a little bit hesitant to like, you know, uh, be defiant like we are sometimes with our parents. But anyways, so Randy and I got engaged to be married, and a friend of mine, uh, Brian, I can't think of his last name, Tattoos? Hall, yeah, Hall, thank you. He, he goes, hey man, I want to give you a tattoo for a wedding gift, if you want one. And I was like, yeah, cool. So I, I had been wanting this piece that is kind of like the, the creed of missionaries since from like the Moravian church missions movement days. And it's a, it's a saying that these Moravian men, these young guys, they, they sold themselves into slavery in order to go and be missionaries to this island of slaves, I think in the Caribbean. And as their ship was leaving, uh, their family had gathered at the, at the, the dock and um, you know people were crying. They realized they were never going to see them again. And these two young men said, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. And that when I heard that story, it really touched me. It was just kind of like, man, I had decided, Randy and I had decided we wanted to be missionaries, and that, that story really touched us. So I got this tattoo done. I asked him if he would do it before we got married so that, because, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever gotten a tattoo, but you can't immediately just, like, be in the sun or it'll fade. And so we were going to be going to the beach for a honeymoon, and I also didn't want to be sore. I wanted to have it before then. And so, so he did it for me. I was still living with my grandmother. So at times I would walk around our apartment without a shirt on. But once I had that tattoo, I made sure I kept a shirt on. So one day my grandmother was like, hey, I'm going to go to lunch with some of my friends. I'll be back later in the afternoon. I was like, cool. I heard the door open and shut. So I came out of my room without a shirt on. I walked to the kitchen, opened the refrigerator, got the milk, and started to drink it from the carton. And I looked over and she was still there. This is the milk that we shared, by the way. Sorry. I knew she wasn't drinking from it. Um, yeah, apparently she had opened the door and checked her mail and then shut it. Her mailbox was right there, you know, in like apartment mailbox. I was like, oh, shoot. She goes, well, I have two questions. First one is, do you always drink from the milk carton? And I was like, I often drink from <laughs> the milk carton, but not always, grandmother. But I feel like once per carton is too many, right? If you're, if you're not the one. Um, and she said, my second question is, what's that on your side? It's a pretty big tattoo. And so I go, well... 
to tattoo, and I told her the same story that I just told you about these Moravian missionaries. And she goes, oh. She goes, you know where that, you know that gold star over there on the counter next to the fridge that holds the milk that you just drank out of? That counter, there's a golden star there. Can you go grab it for me? So I went and got it. That star had been there for years, probably decades by that point. And I'd never really thought to ask her what it was. I brought it back to her. And she said, this is a Moravian star. My, my grandmother, so her grandmother, my great-great-grandmother, was the daughter of a Cherokee uh, chief. And this chief sent her to a Moravian mission school to learn the, the ways of the white man, basically. At that point, there was just like... You either assimilate or you, you become eradicated. And so the Cherokee people, especially in the leadership, were very for, had forethought to, to try to assimilate as much as they could. It's sad, but they did what they had to do to survive. Anyways, my great-great-grandmother, my grandmother's grandmother at that school became a believer. And she was the first in that line of our family to become a Christian. And I never would have known that story had I not gotten that tattoo. Um, so a couple years ago, this First Nations, First Nations version of the Bible came out. An indigenous translation of the New Testament. Funny thing is, thanks to people that look just like me, most Native Americans don't speak their tribal languages. So... This has been written in English in a way that resonates with all of the tribes of the Americas um, who are English-speaking. So it's been pretty cool. And it's been cool for me because it sort of connects with that part of my heritage, but it also it puts a new paradigm on these scriptures. Like, how many of you have you've like you've read the Bible so many times that it can just kind of be like I know what this is going to say next, you know. And it can be hard to let it enlighten us all over. But I feel like the Holy Spirit always wants to do that. And whenever we allow Holy Spirit to speak to us when we're reading, Holy Spirit can do that. Um, but also switching up a translation can help to do that too. Um, so, anyways, I'm going to be reading from that, so you won't see it on the screen because it doesn't exist yet in a, a PDF form or in an in a online Bible form. So, I'm going to read um, uh, from, a, from the Village of Iron. So, this is uh, one, one of the things, I'll say this real quick that this translation does is it uses the meaning of the name instead of the name, right? Like, um, so Jesus is, is referred to as creator sets free. That would be his, the meaning of his name. So see if you can recognize some of these names. Um, so this is uh, Romans 5, 6. And it says, when the time was right, while we were still weak human beings following our bad hearts and broken ways, the Chosen One died for us. 
It is not easy to find someone who is willing to die for a good person, even though we might find someone with the courage to die for a very good person. But here is a way the maker of life proves how deep his love is for us. Even when we were still following our bad hearts and broken ways, the chosen one gave his life for us. The lifeblood that he poured out puts our lives back into harmony and promises us good standing with the Great Spirit. What He has done sets us free from the storm of great anger caused by our bad hearts and broken ways. I'll say it again. What He has done sets us free from the storm of great anger caused by our bad hearts and broken ways. So if the lifeblood poured out by the Chosen One has put us back into good standing with the Great Spirit, then how much more will His life Will his life of beauty and harmony, which has defeated death, now set us free to walk in his ways? But taking this a step further, we can now boast with glad hearts about what the Great Spirit has done through our honored chief, Creator sets free, the Chosen One. He is the one who has restored us back into friendship with the Great Spirit. This uh, translation has, has gotten tons and tons of accolades from Native American tribes and people because they, they, they already resonate with the story of a captive people. And now to have the scripture contextualized to fit their understanding and their, the, the way that they speak has just been really helpful. A lot of Native American people are coming to Jesus. So, what I read is a scripture that we're familiar with. It's while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? Okay, so, there's a song from a band called Foreigner. And in this song, well, I might as well just read some lyrics to you. Let me get to mine. All right, so. It says, I've got to take a little time. A little time to think things over. I better read between the lines in case I need it when I'm older. This mountain I must climb feels like a world upon my shoulders. Through the clouds, I see love shine. Keeps me warm as life grows colder. In my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far to change this lonely life. And then it says, I want to know what love is. So won't you show me? I want to feel what love is. So won't... Wait, I messed it up. Yeah, that works. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. So while we were yet sinners, while we were still following our broken ways and our bad hearts, Christ died for us. This guy was going through some stuff. There's been heartache and pain. Don't know if I can face this day. How can I change my life? I want to know what love is. There's something that cries out in us for love. 
I remember Max sharing a story when we did a podcast episode with him about his grandmother just comforting him in his pain when he was, we were like four or five. Yeah. Like when we experience love, when we encounter love, it sticks with us. It sticks with us. It marks us. And sometimes it changes us. And that is the power of the gospel. And so you can imagine if, you can imagine maybe yourself singing this song at one time in your life before you came into knowing Christ. Like, or maybe even right now, you can be singing this song if you've got a difficult mountain to climb. And so I, what I like is that, you know, like you can read this 80s song from the way it was written, or you can try to see it from a different perspective of maybe like how the human condition cries out for God. Okay. Still with me? All right. There's another song that I feel like if you just hear it, you're like, oh my God, give me a break. But if you think of like maybe this was God singing this to us or to you personally, it could kind of, you know, help you to see God in a new light. Hope you to hear the song in a new light. Again, we're looking for the patterns. It says, um, imagine God saying this to you. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me. Time after time. If you fall, I will catch you. I'll be waiting. Time after time. If you're lost, you can look and you will find me time after time. That's beautiful, isn't it? But when I hear Cindy Lauper sing it, I'm like, yeah, right, Cindy. But if I think of God saying these words, it kind of, kind of hits me in a powerful way. She says in one of the verses, sometimes you picture me and I'm walking too far ahead. You're calling to me and I can't hear what you've said. Then you say, go slow. And I fall behind. The second hand unwinds. It's like sometimes we, we get so anxious, so ambitious, so excited that we get way out in front of God's voice. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I know I said that, but like I didn't mean go run and do it right now. Let's do this together. You know, oftentimes when God speaks to us, we take it as marching orders. But really, He's just like, what if we did this together? Not like, go do that. And hearing God's voice, I want to just take a moment to kind of like caveat hearing God's voice. If, if you hear people say things like, I've, I heard God say, or I think, you know, God was speaking to me about something, and, and like that doesn't really resonate with you, and you're like, how does God speak? Um, I just wanted to share something that I do. Um, so if you, if you need to hear from God, a lot of times the question that we ask can help, because Often what we'll ask God is, should I do this or not? It's really hard to hear an answer like that from God. And it also shows that you've already kind of like 
decided this is doing this or not is, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like it puts God into a box. Of, of, but what, so, what, so the question I like to ask God is, what do you want me to know about this? You know, like, what about this am I not seeing? What do you want me to know about this? Um, but before I ask that question, I just say a, a little phrase that I believe that as humans created in the image of God, you have authority over whatever voices are floating through the wind. You know, like, it can, there, you know, there are demonic influences in this world that can try to be speaking to you. And a lot of times they're just trying to distract you from hearing and connecting with God's voice. But also, there's a voice inside here that sometimes speaks pretty loudly. The voice of our own thoughts and our own heart. And so what I say is, right now in Jesus' name, I command every voice, including the voice of my own soul, to be quiet. I'm just asking you to speak, God. What do you want me to know about blank? Okay, so just wanted to take a... And if you've never... If you've never heard God's voice, I want to encourage you to try that. Like, God will speak to you. God will speak to you. He is waiting to speak to you. But you've probably also heard God's voice in other ways, whether it was through music or through scriptures or through a friend. Um, but that's, that's, a, that's one way that can be a bit more intimate. Okay, the next song I want to talk about, I'm getting close. <clears throat> Is let's say you were you were you were wanting to know what love is, you encounter love, and you start to learn that like God will catch you every time you fall. You can look and find him, you know, every every time. And it it can kind of like encourage you to want to be in a tighter relationship with God. So the next song that you might that might kind of like you start to identify with um, is a song. That was not the most iconic 80s song, but has become the most played and most listened to 80s song ever with over a billion YouTube views. Anybody know the song I'm talking about? It was used as a prank. You would, people would send each other Rick Roll. Yeah. What's the song day? <laughs> yeah. The, the song is called Never Gonna Give You Up. I think building up would be a good thing. But Never Gonna Give You Up. Great job. By Rick Astley. As far as I know, it's the only song the dude ever wrote. But he is making a lot of money on royalties now. Oh, that's too bad. Wow. That's amazing. So again, it's a pretty big promise to make somebody. These are some of the lyrics. Let me see. Um, let's see. We're no strangers to love. We've encountered love. You know the rules and so do I. Do I? A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. Got to make you understand. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. 
Never gonna make you cry. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna run, tell a lie, and hurt you. So, when you start to get to know God's character, you can start to realize, like, He is never going to give you up. He is never going to tell you a lie, never going to desert you. He is there for you. A full commitment. He has made a full commitment to us in spite of our sometimes half commitments. And so you might start to identify with a song like Never Gonna Give You Up. Shame that guy's not not alive to see. He is? Oh, he is still alive, Laura. Good news, everybody. <laughs> it's a miracle. It is a miracle. It's an October miracle. Wow. Okay, well, that's good to know, because now he knows this song has a billion views on YouTube. Think of that, a billion views on YouTube. Wow, okay. So then as you get to know God, you start to realize He is so good, but He doesn't want it to just stop there, right? Like, he, like there's a world of people around us that are still singing that same song, I want to know what love is. There's still people at your work at your school, at your places that, that you frequent. Like, there are still people around singing that song, I want to know what love is. Won't you show me? I want to feel what love is. Um, and so you might start to realize that, hey, there's a partnership opportunity here. I can start to represent God's love to this world. You might start singing a song that starts off strong, and it goes, Oh baby, do you know what that's worth? Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. They say in heaven love comes first. We'll make heaven a place on earth. Ooh, heaven is a place on earth. You know, Jesus said that heaven is not um, a place that you can go to or a thing that you can wait for, but heaven is among you. And whether he was saying that heaven is already on this earth or that he himself embodies heaven, either way, Jesus is now with us. Jesus is now in you. So heaven is on this earth and it's coming in greater quantities with each person that believes in Him, with each person that finds Him, heaven is coming to earth. And one day, the fullness of heaven will come to earth. We believe that. So, thanks to Belinda Carlisle, you can start singing, hey, I want to help make heaven a place on earth. A place where, where love comes first. song. I'm not going to read any more of this song because it's a little bit, a little bit. Just so you know, parental warning. No, it's not a bad song, but it's just maybe, you know, you'll start adjusting in your chair. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so last song. I got to give a little context here um, to when this song became meaningful to me. So my friend, and we're, I'm wrapping up with this. I'm going to wrap up and then we're going to read one more scripture and then we'll come to the table together. A friend of mine who was in his 50s when I met him and he'd never been married. I met him in Thailand. He was um, a guy from Las Vegas who was a missionary in Asia. Never been married. And so he was very generous to us. And when, when Randy was pregnant with Kiva, when we first moved to Thailand, her doctor was three hours away. And so we would go for three hours uh, once a month, drive to this other town. We'd stay there a couple days and then come back. And at that time, we didn't have a car. So Steve, my friend, would take us there. He would take us to Chiang Mai for our doctor visit. We'd also, that was where we would do some shopping. They had Mexican restaurants. It was always great to be with Steve in Chiang Mai. He knew all the best restaurants. It was very generous of him. And on one of these trips, I asked him, I was like, so Steve, you know, do you want to be married? And he goes, you know, I, I do want to be married. Why do you ask? And I said, well, I don't know. I just, I kind of wanted to start praying for you about that, that you would find a spouse. But then I was like, well, maybe he doesn't want to be married. So it'd be awkward to pray for that if that's not what he feels called to. And so he's like, no, you know, I would like that. I would like to be married. And it's like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for that um, for you. And my next question was, Steve, you know, you're not, you're not a bad-looking guy. You're American, um, successful at what you do. You live in Asia. I'm sure there's a Thai woman who would love to, you know, marry an American. It's just, it's just real. But there, you know, there's, there's, I'm sure there's a good Thai woman who would love to get to know you. And he said, you know, I'm just not into Asian women. And I was like, well, that's unfortunate <laughs> because <laughs> this is where you feel called. Before he was in Thailand, he was in Philippines for 10 years. I'm like, man. So this, uh, this opportunity came up for um, Steve, and this is a couple years later, uh, for Steve to go to um, he, they had made this connection with this bishop in Tanzania who was over like, I don't know, like 2,000 churches or something crazy. And he wanted to start teaching his people, his African congregants, how to be missionaries. And so they had Steve and some other missionaries come over and teach this, um, this course. And they would come over once a month, every other month, for I think six months. So three, you know, three sessions. After the first one, he and I met for coffee, and I was like, man, so how was it, you know, like, he was like, oh, man, it's incredible, like, these, these African um, people are really hungry and really get the fact that God has called them to be missionaries and, and uh, to reach the people around them and people of other countries, and um, I was like, man, that's cool, and I go, hey, Steve, what do you think about black chicks? And he goes, actually, I'm kind of into black girls. 
I was like, dude, I would not have guessed that. But I bet you're going to find a wife soon. And sure enough, he did on his next trip. That bishop came up to him and goes, Brother Steve, I have someone I would like you to meet. Veronica, come here. And basically, like, this arranged marriage happened. It was crazy. But it's such a cool story because there's so much more about it. But I got to go to Africa and be in his wedding with my friend Jeremy. And... um not just, but another Jeremy, who was also a missionary in Thailand. We went there, and we had a blast. We just had a blast. We went on a safari under Kilimanjaro. Oh, my gosh, it was beautiful. And then we started singing Bless the Rains in Africa constantly on that trip, constantly on that trip. And it's funny because like the song doesn't really have anything to do with that line. It kind of does, but it kind of doesn't. You're like, what is this song actually about? And then all of a sudden it goes, I bless the rains down in Africa. And the story of that song and where that line came from is once the, and I don't know if it was the group Toto, somebody in the band, but I think whoever wrote the song had met this old missionary from Africa. And they said, you know, what do you do for the people? And he was like, well, I never really had any, like, I never really had a lot of money, so I didn't do any feeding programs. I, I, you know, I didn't do a lot, but I just um, would just love the people. Um, I, would, I would share with them. And he said, uh, you know, well, well what, what did, what did Af the, the people, what did the African people ask you to pray about? And he said, they always wanted me to bless the rains. Because if the rains came, then their crops would grow. They always wanted me to bless the rains. And so he said, so that's what I do. I bless the rains in Africa. And that's where that song from Toto sort of came from. Great song. But again, it's like, what? Where is this coming? What? Where is this going? I'll, I'll tell you what I mean. I'll show you what I mean. we got a couple minutes. I hear drums echoing tonight, but she hears only the whisper of some quiet conversation. She's coming in tonight, 1230 flight, or she's coming in, 1230 flight. The, moonlight, the moonlit wings reflect the stars that guide me towards salvation. I stopped an old man along the way hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient melodies, he turned to me as if to say, hurry boy, it's waiting there for you. It's going to take a lot to drag me away from you. There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. Going to take some time to do the things. What does he say? Uh, going to take some time. To do the things we never have. But you, you read this song and you, or you hear it and you're like, what is he talking about? But, that, but when I heard that backstory, I was like, man, that's cool. That's cool. And so what we can do is we can begin partnering with God to whatever, asp to whatever ability we have. I was going to say aspect, just so you know. 
to whatever aspect that we can, whatever, you know, talents, giftings, whatever we can. Even if it's just to bless the reins. Like we can begin partnering with God and blessing people, praying for people, prophesying over people, asking people how they're doing. And so for me, as a missionary, this song sort of resonates to, to, to look out from my context and see what bridges can be built with what God's doing in other places with other people. But I think we can all take that as encouragement to like, how can I look outside of my regular context? Like Dave, I think you have done that. Like you were born and raised in Australia. You started looking for ways to reach outside of your context. Like that's a missionary calling. Like, and, and we all have that to some extent. We all have that to some extent. So I want to encourage us all to, to, to ask God, what is my missionary calling? What is my missionary calling? Like, maybe I'm not called to, to go to Africa and bless the rains or to move to England with Ryan and Randy, although that would be cool if you want to. You're welcome. Um, but what is, what is my missionary calling? What is, what is the context that I'm maybe a little bit too locked into? You know? All right. That's all I have from the 80s. Um, go ahead and send your emails straight to me. Don't send them to Jordan. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to sum this up with Scripture. And this is 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5.17 or the second letter from small man to the sacred family in the village of pleasure. I'm saying, he's wrapping up what he had just said. I'm saying that anyone who is joined together with the chosen one is now a part of the new creation. For the old, uh, sorry, for in the, cho in the chosen one, the old creation has faded away and the new creation has come into being. It is, it is the great spirit himself who has done all of this through the chosen one, creator, has removed the hostility between human beings and himself, bringing all creation into harmony once again. The Great Spirit has chosen to represent him in the sacred task of helping others to find and walk this path of peacemaking and healing, turning enemies into friends. The Great Spirit was not holding people's broken ways against them. In, instead, he was working in the Chosen One, to bring all people back into harmony with Himself. He has now given us the honor of bringing this, this message to others. So we now represent the Chosen One. It is as if Creator is speaking through us, calling out for all people to walk the path of being restored back to the Great Spirit. Creator sets free, or Jesus, the One who knew no broken ways, has chosen by the Great Spirit to bear our broken ways so that we would become the ones who represent His right ways. Let's pray together. God, I thank You that when we look outside into nature, when we look 
um, at your creation, when we sit around a table with friends, when we open your word, we see you. That song says, I know I can make it to the end if I can just see your face. And we're not probably going to see your face, but we see your face in the loved ones around us. When we look out at creation, when we look at a sunset, we see your face. We see your goodness. I thank you that that is not limited to Scripture, but we can look for those patterns reverberating throughout the universe, whether it's the sounds that stars make or the songs that whales sing or the way babies laugh or even the way they cry. God, help us. Give us eyes to see your face. Give us ears to hear the timeless message of a need for a Savior and how love impacts us, even if it's in a song on the radio from the 80s. And I pray that this would impact us and encourage us to then carry that message forward and share that message with the people around us. And even to look past our, our normal, everyday context to see what bridges can be formed with what you're doing in other contexts. It's in this way that heaven will invade the earth. So help us to walk in that, that calling. And I bless each and every person here to walk in that calling, to be a missionary to partner with you in what you're, what you're wanting to do here on the earth. We bless you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.